0: You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, right here for the Locked On LSU podcast. The LSU baseball coaching search continues, and the latest reports are that LSU has zeroed in on Ole Miss head coach Mike Bianco and East Carolina head coach Cliff Godwin. Uh, What I don't mind sharing is kind of a catch-up to this point and how I think this will play out. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan was very obviously the first target. I don't mind telling you that LSU informally made contact some two months ago with Kevin O'Sullivan. They had done a lot of behind-the-scenes work. And it is my understanding that that process was very far to the point that terms and staff members had already been discussed. LSU cooled on Kevin O'Sullivan because of some personality issues that might have caused some conflict. And so Kevin O'Sullivan withdrew his name from consideration. Pat Casey was going to be an option that could be the home run. A guy that had won three national championships, but Pat Casey saw the reaction to his potential hire and withdrew his name from consideration as well. A lot of people have mentioned Dan McDonald and Tim Corbin. Uh, Flatly, Tim Corbin would be a tough pull, and I have been told point blank that Dan McDonald is not leaving Louisville. So the other two names on the list that we've talked about ad nauseum are the other two that I mentioned, Cliff Godwin from East Carolina and Mike Bianco from Ole Miss. I think Cliff Godwin would be sort of the young coach who has had some success as a head coach at East Carolina, was an assistant under Palmineri at LSU for two seasons in 07 and 08. But Cliff Godwin, I think, also has some concerns as far as a uh, personality issues that could potentially cause problems at LSU that have caused some to cool on him, which makes Mike Bianco the last man standing. And for LSU, I think that this is somewhat of a tough spot because if you're Scott Woodward, you've got to hire what you feel like is a fail-proof Coach, for this job, uh, you're replacing Paul Maneri, who won a national championship, has a national runner-up, went to Omaha five times in 15 years, and many fans weren't pleased. Look at Mike Bianco, 21 seasons at Ole Miss, 21 seasons at Ole Miss, one trip to Omaha, seven times Bianco's teams have advanced to the Super Regional round, and just once of them. Have they advanced to the College World Series? 2005, 2006, 2009, 2019, and most recently this year were the losses. The lone trip to the College World Series came in 2014 when Ole Miss went to Lafayette and beat ULL. The bottom line is you are going to have a lot of former players and coaches that advocate for this hire. A lot of people that played with or for Mike Bianco are going to advocate for this hire. And I want to be clear, my dealings with Mike Bianco over the years, I have nothing but positive things to say about Mike Bianco, the man. He is gracious and generous and a very good man. And ask anyone that has covered him, knows him, they will all tell you the same thing. It's rare in the coaching profession that you can run across someone that nobody has a bad thing to say. That's Mike Bianco. So as far as a representative of the program, as far as someone who loves LSU and played at LSU and could tie together different eras of LSU, all of that makes sense. But none of that matters as much as winning in June. And there will be the argument that Mike Bianco needs the resources of a place like LSU to get over the hump, and then he's off and running. The flip side that I would say is, Who has more resources, Ole Miss or Coastal Carolina? Who has more resources, Ole Miss or Fresno State? Who has more resources, Ole Miss or Rice? Who has more resources, Ole Miss or Virginia? Who has more resources, Ole Miss or Oregon State? I think you get the point. A lot of programs have won national championships that don't have the resources that Ole Miss does. Mike Bianco has a two-decade track record of being a fantastic regular season coach, a guy that has his team in the postseason all but three years of his 21 in Oxford. But getting to the postseason is not the standard at LSU. Winning in June is the standard at LSU, and that's something Bianco just hasn't done enough. And if you're skeptical, you're right to be. When we get a final decision and a final announcement, you you know we'll be talking about it right here on the Locked on LSU podcast, where we're always pleased to tell you about Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Check them out at rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years rockauto.com if you're trying to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers rockauto.com that's the place to do it everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door great value easy to navigate if you need carburetors or carpet or anything in between they've got you at rockauto.com when you get to check out please be sure to write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to rockauto.com
0: From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: On campus recruiting in full swing again for college football. In the last two weekends, LSU had prospect camps out at the Ponderosa. Billy Embody of Go247, good enough to join us to kind of catch us up on what the last two weekends have been like.
2: Yeah, the first two uh, sets of camps for LSU, you know, one being the offensive line, defensive line camp, and then the skills camp to open up things uh, that first weekend. They also had a kicking camp. Uh, they had a youth camp even rolling into uh, this past weekend. And then once again, they had a seven-on-seven seven and lineman camp uh, at LSU on, on Saturday. So, And then on top of that, uh, they had official visitors. So it was a real, real wake-up. Uh, for LSU's coaching staff just right off the jump uh, after this long uh, extended break from having on-campus activities whether it be camps or official visits and you know same for us too you know get back into the whole official visit uh, tracking as well you know uh, making sure the guys get in okay and and that you know there weren't any last minute cancellations you know keeping people up to date on what they're doing uh, trying to track down tidbits and track down the players as well after their visits to get the latest on what they thought and and where things stand after the visit. So uh, just like the LSU staff, we're getting uh, right back into the mix as well.
1: I had someone ask me today, Hey man, LSU had prospects on campus each of the last two weekends and they didn't get any commitment. Should we be concerned? I I don't know the answer to that, Billy. Like, what do you make of that?
2: I would say no, they did, they did have um, a couple of guys that I think they really made moves for. Uh, But one thing I've noticed from kind of going into this month and now that we've been in it, there haven't been too many commitments from what I've seen coming out of the weekend, uh, especially in the SEC, from from what it seems, at least to me, that I can pay attention to enough uh, nationally. Because a lot of these players have been cooped up for so long, they haven't been able to experience an official visit, and guess what? They've wanted to take those visits, which it makes sense. And Whether they take two, three, four, five in, in June and save some for the fall, most of these prospects, it seems like Do have the uh, plan of taking their official visits they have planned, then making a decision sometime in July before their senior season. Some guys are drawing it out all the way uh, to a, you know, Under Armour game or a national signing day, things like that. Um, And then don't ever count out the the good old silent commitment. That thing is back as well. (laughs) Um, So we we could see some of those guys uh, down the line eventually. Uh, announced commitments and look I mean part of that too is we go back whether uh, be via sources or uh, to the players and say hey uh, did you possibly make this commitment on your official and sometimes they'll say yes sometimes they'll say no but um, I, I could see maybe uh, one or two of those scenarios kind of playing out or at least where LSU made a big enough move that that's when that player knew uh, that he was going to commit there was was because of that official visit,
1: uh, Billy Embody is with us. LSU is going to sign twenty-five really good players. However, it shakes out whether they get commitments yeah. now or not. Like I, that much, I'm pretty confident in saying. All right, so who were some of the big names on campus that caught people's attention?
2: You know, I think the biggest name that that really had, uh, I think, stole the show, especially the first weekend, was Quincy Wiggins, the four-star defensive lineman uh, from Baton Rouge Madison Prep. If you go back and you watch. His clips against Will Campbell, the five-star offensive tackle who's committed to LSU, and look, these one-on-ones in camp settings are geared mainly towards defensive linemen. You know, offensive linemen don't have the pads they can grab onto; uh, they can't uh, do some of the things that they might normally do in pads. But Quincy Wiggins really had an impressive showing. I mean, between his size at 6'6", 270 pounds, and he wears it. I mean, he kind of looks like uh, Patrick Queen, but he's but he's six-six. 270 I just think his body makeup is kind of similar but he just has uh, a, a lot more mass and, and, and height to him that makes it seem like it um, but he comes off the edge with such athleticism and his wingspans elite um, he probably is the one that helped himself the most on the defensive side of the ball uh, from this first round of camps and then Emory Jones watching the tape from him over the weekend you got a sense that uh, he's going to rise as well and he's right on the cusp of of being a a, a, a low four-star, so to speak. Uh, And I think now we could see him make that move up uh, into, let's say, the top 200, top 150, uh, because he just looks looks the part. I mean, he plays basketball. He's got that 6'4", 315-pound, 330-pound frame that looks like he's about 280. Um, So, you know, a Catholic high boy of yours, uh, getting Mm. a lot of love uh, after the... uh, Uh, start to this camp season. He had a really, really strong day uh, at the camp this past weekend. Didn't go against anyone, I mean, elite, 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 but he dominated reps like you know we want to see in these settings. So those are two that, in terms of camp performances, really helped themselves. And just overall, I mean, I will kind of run down a bunch of other names just quickly. Will Campbell, Walker Howard, um, uh, DeColdis Crawford, one of LSU's wide receiver commits, looked really good. Terrence Welch has had a big uh, summer as well, so they uh, they they got a lot of their top commits on campus to work out for the staff, and a lot of those guys looked really good.
1: A Billy Embody of Go Two Four Seven is on Twitter at Billy Embody. Saw that LSU offered a local quarterback for twenty twenty three. Is that right?
2: Yes, Ricky Collins out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn, and uh, one of his teammates is Jordan Matthews, whose uh, dad Rashawn Matthews played for LSU in the nineties as well. So. Uh, a 2023 class uh, uh, of Woodlawn prospects could end up uh, at LSU in the long run, I would think. And with, with Arch Manning and Eli Holstein being the two higher rated quarterbacks in the state in the 2023 class, I did think this was one that eventually would come uh, just because I think Arch Manning is going to be a tough land for LSU. It's just, it is what it is.
1: Why do you hate Um, LSU? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm just, you know, I'm just, Sitting here, uh you know there's four threads i believe on him right now on go247.com if you want to check them out and it's only monday so um, <laughs> it, things are things are going as well as expected with that but um no I, I do think arch manning's gonna give lsu a shot i just think that lsu had to jump into the race with ricky collins he had a really good showing at the camp with his seven on seven team and looked apart um so it was time to uh go ahead and and make that offer and He earned it. And that's what you want to see. And he had really good numbers and only playing a few games uh, with Woodlawn this fall um, with the season being shortened and things like that. So um, they did go ahead and offer him and uh, they're going to recruit him and, and continue to kind of watch him over the next year. And he could very well end up being the guy that LSU takes in 2023 class.
1: Billy, set up a couple more. Set up, if you would, the calendar and the timeline from here with respect to recruiting for the rest of the summer.
2: Yeah, so they'll uh, be able to have prospects on campus all the way through the end of June and then another dead period, believe it or not, uh, kicks into uh, play uh, and, and they will uh, kind of go back to the normal recruiting calendar of, of no visits. And I believe, uh, and I think there's another uh, open weekend that last weekend of July that they have in place, uh, again, that will allow prospects to get one more look uh, before their seasons get going and before fall camps get going with colleges and high schools. Uh, app programs, and, uh, and then the dead period hits back uh, in August, and then we're into football season when you're going to see guys visiting and coaches out on the road on the weekends and all of those things that we're used to in the past, and uh, we just haven't seen them in a while. So they'll have official visitors this coming weekend, I believe. Um, then they'll have uh, another round um, uh, the weekend after that to close things out, and um, they'll, they'll, they're hosting unofficial visitors the rest of this month. We've got Fitzgerald West. Just as one example, uh, the Lafayette Christian def- uh, defensive offensive lineman uh, who was who picked up an offer from camp to play offensive line at LSU. He's on campus right now just for another unofficial visit, and I think uh, LSU sits in a really good spot to land his commitment. So they are just uh, sprinting the short little marathon of visits and camps and uh, trying to make up as much ground uh, that they haven't had the ability to do over the last year.
1: We always appreciate Billy and We always appreciate Built Bar, builtbar.com. Heading out to vacation starting tomorrow. You know I've already got a ton of Built Bar packed and ready to roll. If I need it for the car ride, Built Bar. If I need it for a meal replacement when I wake up, Built Bar. Maybe a midday snack, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar in the world. High protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar, gluten-free, perfect for keto. Find your favorite flavor. I love the orange. The raspberry, the salted caramel, if we're being honest, I love them all. You can find yours as well. They're soft and easy to chew like a candy bar, not like the chalky protein bars that are tough on your jaw. You know what I'm talking about. If you want to do the side-by-side nutrition comparison, you can do that at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, best-tasting protein bar in the world. It's BuiltBar.com. So I do want to talk a little bit here about the college football playoff in just a second because Ed Ogeron has given his thoughts on playoff expansion. I want to get to that. But, of course, if you want to play some futures bets on the college football season, you can do that right now at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the upcoming college football and NFL seasons or current NBA and NHL playoffs. Every day they have futures bets, prop bets, live in-game betting, money line, Point spreads. You can do it all at betonline.ag. Hey, when you go sign up, it's free to sign up. When you sign up and make your first deposit of funds, make sure you use that promo code locked on. One word, locked on, and they'll give you a fifty percent welcome bonus. So, deposit a hundred bucks, they'll give you fifty bucks free to play with. Deposit a thousand, they'll give you five hundred free to play with. No limit. It's at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. Last week, uh, the college football world got some really exciting news that it appears as though playoff expansion is imminent. Twelve teams. We talked about it a bunch at the end of last week when that news came forward. Uh, On Saturday, uh, Marty and McGee on ESPN Radio talked to several high-profile college football coaches on their show on ESPN Radio. Uh, Among them, Ed Ogeron. They talked about the prospect of expanding the college football playoff uh, here's what coach o told marty and mcgee on saturday morning
0: well i think it's is inevitable i think it's coming i think you know here's here's learned. as the older you get you have to adapt uh, this game is changing recruiting's changing things are changing fast we just have to adapt so hey, if they expand hey good it gives us a chance to get in. Uh, you don't have to play more games, but you have to adapt. I think it's going that way. It looks like it's going that way. That's out of my wheelhouse. If they, they, they
1: get us into the into the playoffs, I'm going to be happy. Amen. Isn't that the point? More teams gives you more of a shot to get in. It's more games, but you have to adapt. How's that any different than anything else you got to adapt with? You adapted with a four-team playoff. You're adapting with the transfer portal. You adapted with the hard cap 25 I mean, you're going to adapt with NIL. The landscape of college football is changing. It, you just have to adapt with it. It's, the point that I've made all along is I just, I'm not going to cry for coaches that make seven figures. Like You get paid a lot of money to do this job, so figure it out. If there's something that's beneficial for the student-athlete, I'm for it, and expansion is going to be beneficial for the game as a whole. So I think Ed's got the absolute right approach there. Twelve teams got a better chance of getting in. Hell yeah! Uh, Kirby Smart was also a guest on uh, Marty and McGee and gave his thoughts on conference exp- on uh, college football playoff expansion.
0: I think you look over history, and that's the best indicator of what's going to happen. What happened in the past is each move, uh, each chess move that's kind of been done throughout this process has changed things some kind of way. But most changes have been relatively small, and you know, with the potential of what's been proposed, it could change. Uh, probably the greatest change there has been in terms of, you know, major college football. So there's pros and cons to it. I'm excited to see, you know, hypothetically last year, the SEC would have had four teams in. How much do the extra games affect uh, the wear and tear? I certainly know playing an all SEC schedule last year was really tough, probably tougher than playing the extra games when you're not in an all SEC schedule. You'd be looking at that kind of competition in the playoff. There's teams in the SEC that, that would not be fired up about it, and there's a lot of teams that are going to be fired up about it because it's going to give more teams uh, an opportunity to, to, to get into the playoffs and give everybody a chance.
1: To be clear, Kirby talking about the 10-game SEC schedule. In a normal 12-game season, you're playing eight SEC games, a Power 5 non-conference game, and then also, if you're in that mix... An SEC championship game. So you're playing 10 Power 5 opponents anyway. Georgia, in scheduling a Power 5 non-conference opponent, in addition to Georgia Tech, already plays 10 and potentially 11. So I understand where they're coming from. But my counter-argument is going to be, if your concern, as the college football hierarchy, if your concern is really, like really, about health and, self, health and safety and wellness of student-athletes, then you would contract the regular season. What you would do is you would get rid of the two body bag games that nobody cares to see. You would go to a 10-game regular season and then have your expanded postseason. But they're not going to do that because regular season games are a cash grab. When LSU hosts McNeese this year, that is a cash grab. There is not a soul listening to me right now that gives a good gosh darn to watch that football game competitively on the field. The only way you would care is if your son plays for McNeese or your nephew or someone plays for McNeese or you went to McNeese. Like, it's the only way you care. That's it. Nobody is aching to see that game. It's not going to be good theater at all. But it's a way to sell 100,000 tickets to a game and put a bunch of money in your pocket and McNeese to get their big paycheck, take their ass whipping, and go home. Like, that's what college football has been built upon. So if you're really, 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 really concerned about the health and safety of student-athletes, then contract the regular season. Take away the garbage game that's nothing but a money grab. Until, unless, And until that happens, shut your mouth with the health and safety of student-athletes because that's not what you really care about, the powers that be within college football. They don't. What they care about is generating revenue. And this is certainly going to be a good way to do it. I'm pumped about it. By the way, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina said, hey, we have an invitation to the dance now. That's all we wanted. Good on you. Go earn it. Go earn it. Punch your ticket into the tournament and get your ass kicked by somebody really good. All right, let's to do it for us here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe. And remember every day, the Locked On Today podcast is there for you. The Nets are down one star. Can Kevin Durant carry them past the Bucks? That conversation today on the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And please subscribe to Locked On LSU as well. Until tomorrow, Locked On LSU, your team every day.